You know, yesterday was all about WWDC 2020. It's hard to say all that. WW, the, you know. A lot of W's. It's W's. Uh, a lot, you know, there was no hardware that was released, but maybe if, except for the developer kit thing, and I guess the chip that they're talking about is hardware, but it's not released. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good thing, pretty good presentation, but the, the standout thing for me was iOS 14 and some of the features showing up in iOS 14, because let's be honest here iOS hasn't really changed that much. Let's just be honest here. It, you know, icons changed. You got some quick access features. You had force touch for a little bit. It's, it was still roughly the same thing. And, and, and here's what I should say about iOS and the iPhone in general. When you have a platform and a footprint like this, as huge as they do, and a comfortable user base, and a wide variety of users across various demographics, age groups, so forth. You go make a big change and people, you have just as much a chance as aggravating people as you do improving their experience. Particularly when you've prided yourself on this simplicity aspect. And I got to say, it's completely anecdotal, but in my life and in my social graph... As people say in 2020, I don't know if they don't say that, but I do. It makes your social group seem more serious. Your social graph. Mm. Like we have real deep conversations in the social graph. It's real. Anyway, in my world, there's a lot of people, uh, a, a wider variety demographically of people, particularly in the age groups, on iOS, I have older people in my life, they love iOS. Hmm. I'm not trying to say it's for old people. I'm just, a lot of it has to do with the adoption and the fact that, particularly here in North America, the initial iPhone was the big leap for people into the smartphone game. And then that group of people saw no reason to migrate over to anything else after that. Other parts of the world is different. That initial experience probably came from Android in many parts of the world. And so people are ingrained in that in that world. Mm -hmm. So once you have that whole group established, you can't necessarily roll out these overwhelming changes or features step by step without the fear of, of alienating that group and making them feel this is overwhelming. What well, I can't figure out this new thing. But I found this article here on Tech Radar. Nice little article. Opinion. Gareth Beavis wrote it eight hours ago. He says, why now is the time for Apple to bring Android-like features to iPhone? Now, some people aren't going to like that wording. Because it always, doesn't it always turn into an Android iPhone thing? Mm -hmm. Probably the title of this video will have something to do with it. Because the eyeballs naturally want to go there. Mm -hmm. You want to turn it into a contest. It seems like everything else will. Mm -hmm. You've got to the spectrum. And you want to clearly define... Where the combat, you want to see the combat. Do I really? Head to head. Well, I, don't I know. guess competition is good for the it, consumer. I think, it's, I think it, it takes complicated things and, 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 and allows for simpler stories. And then, but the true enthusiast, you're right. The true enthusiast should be capable of living inside the nuance. 
which you just suggested. Do I? Do I need to see combat? Do I want to see combat? I'm strictly talking about the view numbers, the exposure, the trending right. topics. I'm talking about the stuff that rises to the top. The headlines. The headline culture. Yeah. It's you can read a lot more headlines than you can look in depth into into situations. And so therefore there is a, a kind of a pull for all of us to read less of more headlines as opposed to more of less headlines. Hmm. Anyway, in the case of Android-like features showing up on, on the iPhone, honestly, in this circumstance, it's the easiest way to explain it. <laughs> uh, it, it just immediately, if you're, a fam if you're familiar with both platforms, yeah, iOS 14 brings Android features to iPhone. That doesn't need to result in any kind of argument. Instead, you can look at this as the time was finally right for Apple to bring Android features to iOS. And I'll explain why. It goes back to the thing I said previously about the pace of things. Some people suggest and would say, well, Apple waits for some features to be, to fit properly into their environment before necessarily rolling them out. And you could probably, to a certain extent, say the same thing with hardware and how rapidly Apple adopts new hardware, hardware changes, whether it was, uh, uh, I don't know, an OLED display, let's say, mm -hmm. or a multi-camera setup on the, on the rear. NFC. Whatever technology you want to you want to name, they they're slightly more careful about the adoption because of that user base, and because of the integration, the integrated nature of their setup. That audience, the iOS audience, has uh, evolved, presumably as they've owned these various devices, and now maybe they're ready for a slightly freshened up experience. You, for example, you take the customization uh, process uh, on the Android side, you, you, you take it as a benefit. You take it, and so do I. Since the beginning, it, it felt like a more free experience to me that I could really change things around. Mm -hmm. Not without consequence. Not with, I mean, everything didn't go perfect all the time. Yeah, the whole process of unlocking, you know, Getting your launchers on there, potentially downloading icon packs, and it's not going to be for everyone. And I'll tell you what, it ain't going to be for your grandparents in most cases. Mm -hmm. Although you got a grandparent that's putting a launcher on there, good for him yeah. or her, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So these are Android features. It's the best way to think about it. So yes, Apple has copied th some things from Android. I can say that, but I can also say, so what, right after it. I can also say great right after it. As an Android user, I don't have a problem saying I'm glad. And I said this on the WWDC show that we did yesterday. And I want to restate it and make it clear that this is a better situation for everybody. And that's what I'm in it for. That's what matters to me. I'm glad. So do you believe that good design is good design? Regardless of where it emerges, yeah, you can say the same about ideas. Mm -hmm. 
there's just this kind of uh, attractiveness to the idea of turning it into combat and saying, well, that's not fair. That came on Android first. Or for Android users to uh, get online and say, well, you Apple users were behind the times. I've been doing this forever. There's what, whatever it is, there's some sort of a, an attraction to the idea of being right. I was right. I've been using widgets for seven years. I had the app drawer for seven years, and you've been lagging, swiping through all your screens. I don't, I don't need to have a told you so moment. I don't. When is a told you so moment productive? It's just, you're just, what are you rubbing it in? How about you? I mean, there's an alternative approach, which is welcome to the club. <laughs> That's a kind of low key aggression there. Welcome to the club? Maybe. <laughs> in a way. Maybe there's a different phrase for it. But uh, ultimately, the consequence, the, the, the end thing that ends up happening, and this is important, once Apple adopts something that you've been enjoying on Android or elsewhere, it becomes more mainstream. Mm -hmm. it, it automatically hits this huge user base who previously didn't have exposure to it and are now aware and, be, and, and using their devices in this, in this alternative mat, uh, manner, and it pushes some of those features. I mean, it was the same way with fully wireless or true wireless earbuds. Once Apple got involved, it was the same thing with wireless charging. All of a sudden, you see these all the accessories roll out because now it can tap into that large customer base. Uh, widgets on iOS might encourage more people to take advantage of them on Android after it's all said and done. Because it just gets this increased amplification through showing up on what is not the world's biggest installed base for mobile OSs, but definitely big time number two. And in some markets, presumably number one in certain areas. So the new features, the widgets, and of course, the uh, there's a couple of others. You have the widgets, the app drawer, and then the one that I forgot to talk about yesterday, which was the overlay the video overlay mm. so you can watch multitask essentially you can watch video while you're in another app some some reason i forgot that it's been on android for a long time yes and there's another feature too <laughs> you're wa uh, wagging your finger at me there Go i ahead, just recently bro. saw that uh, you can tap the back of your phone to launch apps mm. double tap triple tap mm. oh well, you like don't yeah access. and the other one too is the the what do they call the mini apps? There's a there's an Android version of that too. App Clips. App Clips. I didn't even know this. Here's an example of me learning about it. But on the Google side, they, there's something similar as well. And it was in this article. So let me do a quick. Yeah, th even things like the new App Clips, small under 10 megabyte versions of the apps that you can access quickly in specific scenarios are similar, if not quite identical to Google's instant apps. It's impossible to look at the new version of iOS and not see a path already trodden. So, man, you can find maps. Maps? <laughs> There's another one, maps. Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy to go out here policing, trying to police innovation in that way, particularly if you're a fan of innovation. It pushes the whole thing, man. It's like, more people using better stuff, finding efficiencies, having better experiences. It's just, it might be a longer game. You might have to zoom out further to see it, but it's an overall positive effect eventually. 
I do have to put the disclaimer in there, obviously, where certain things are patented or can't be replicated or whatever intellectual aspect is protected. Okay, sure, I get it. I guess that's how patents work. I prefer not to think about patents. I, I love this idea of the building upon what's already been achieved. But to just encompass the whole thing here, yes, Apple has copied features that are on Android. They have done their version of it here in iOS 14. And I'm glad, as an Android user, I'm glad they did. How about that? And you're one step closer to using an iPhone. And my and I'm switching to iPhone effective immediately. Yes. With iOS 14. No, I'm not doing that, but but I don't have a problem saying that. I think more yeah. I think we should say that. I think it's cool. It's a cool this whole place it can be really cool. Yeah. Technology. It can be cool and it can be encouraging and something weird happens when it turns into the combat where sometimes it just turns me off the thing. I just, what are we, you, you argue about a, uh, a feature in that way. Granted, in the past, Apple's gone after Samsung and actually created court cases around stuff and it sure doesn't help the cause for me trying to diminish the combat factor because that's legit combat. Mm -hmm. And I understand it gets people riled up. So I see you on both sides. That's just where I'm at in 2020. Well said. Cool features. Speaking of cool features... Things that came out of yesterday, another one that I didn't notice, the iconic startup chime makes a comeback in macOS Big Sur. This is the chime right here. You ready, Will? You ready for this? Prepare yourself. Hmm. You remember that chime? Yeah. You had that chime before? Mm-hmm. Some people probably didn't. Some youngsters probably don't know about it. They got rid of that chime back in 2016 when they redesigned the MacBook Pros. They, they were too cool for the chime right. for a moment. Can't be chiming here. However, my first Mac was an eMac, which was a, I think it was targeted at education buyers. It was the first computer I had Final Cut Pro on. I edited together uh, hockey videos like oh, that's uh, nice. video that's cool. of hockey games and uh, do little edits on it was so slow and uh i don't actually you know what i didn't have final cut pro i had final cut express because if you were on a budget mm. and so i was messing around but anyway the chime used to indicate all right it's time to go on the mac side uh get ready to have some fun on the boot up and oh in particular actually i should say even better than that, when you bought a new one. If you bought a new one, you crack it open, you get hit with that right away. It's mm -hmm. part of the whole unboxing experience and getting back to there. You welcome to the family moment, mm -hmm. if you see where I'm going with that. So this is via The Verge. Apple is bringing back the Mac's iconic startup chime. The company hinted that it might return by playing the chime prominently during yesterday's WWDC conference. I, we didn't notice it. We didn't notice it in the, in, the, in the conference. You see, we got to pay better attention, Will, when we're, doing, when we're watching this stuff. But anyway, they kind of uh, hinted at it, and then a few people have enabled it. That's, look, listen to that sound. Give us that sound one more time, Will. Lovely. Lovely. Uh, so, yeah, you can enable it in your system preferences. Oh, in Big Sur, you won't have to run a terminal command to turn it on. You'll be able to turn it on or off 
right from your Mac's system preferences according to this YouTube description. So, I don't know, a, a cute little story just to lighten the mood. Get yourself a chime, have a nice day, and, uh, and go buy one of these very expensive computers just to hear that noise. Mm. You don't... And then put it back in the... No, I don't. It's a nice noise. I don't know. You don't care. It's very familiar. You don't care. Just no, win do. Windows. What about the Windows shutdown noise? Let's get that one real quick. Uh. Just to balance, the, balance it out. That might be more iconic. Do-do-do-do. Give us, yeah, give us XP shutdown. Yeah, give it 11 million views. No, 11 years ago, 7.5 million views. This going to be a beauty right here. Oh, baby. Can we get a little more volume on that, please? Holy icon. I don't know if there's very many sounds you could play that would hit me that way. Does that not hit you? It does, yeah. It hits you somewhere. Yeah, it's um, it's comforting, hmm. for sure. And and it's in the days when you would shut down your computer all the time too. When you were done using it, ding ding ding, ding you shut it down. Mm -hmm. It goes to the low end. Nobody's even shutting anything down these days. Yeah. It's all sleeping and hibernating and. Should be a snoring sound. Right, yeah. that'd be more accurate this time. Holy moly, will this mixer stuff? What is going on? What is going on with this mixer stuff? Um, it's getting shut down. It's getting shut down. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's more to the story. As usual. Yes. That's what we're here for, Will. Yes. It's more to the story. Uh, streamers are sad, angry, and moving to Twitch. What a surprise. They're moving to Twitch. I mean, it's not a surprise at all, to be honest. This whole thing, it like... It came out of nowhere. I, of course, covered this story back when Ninja moved over to Mixer. It was a big deal. There was talk of big numbers getting passed around, big dollar signs for the move. Mixer, of course, a Microsoft company. They wanted to get into the streaming game. Came out with the bang, made a splash, signing some of the top talent in the form of Ninja, in the form of Shroud. Paid them rumored rumored 20 to 30 million dollars mm -hmm. that ain't no that ain't no chump change that was uh just a year ago that ain't no lunch money yeah very short amount of time you could use it to buy lunch <laughs> yes you can you know couple different lunches what kind of lunch would you get with 20 million Probably cheeseburger or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> you thought I was going to talk about caviar or something like that. No. That's funny. Cheeseburger's still a cheeseburger, even with 20 million. I thought you were going to go with pizza. Yeah. Wood burning oven. Yeah. What can I say about this? Okay. So you have uh, overnight, seemingly out of nowhere, Mixer says we're now, it's now Facebook gaming. We're going to go, we're getting sold to Facebook. It's now Facebook gaming and rumors start to emerge that offers are being made to the top streamers. I read this rumor tweet yesterday that Facebook gaming was going to double the offer to Ninja. I saw a number 
30 million to start. So the double number would be what, 60 million? And I saw another number to shroud in the form of, I think, 20 million to stay on Facebook gaming. And the rumor was that they wouldn't. Although this Verge article here is saying uh, that they're undecided. And this Verge article is also saying that a lot of smaller streamers, this uh, individual here, who, who wrote this article? This was Tom Warren. Tom Warren wrote this. Apparently, he reached out to 30 different Mixer partners, and a lot of them sound upset, Will. Yeah. A lot of them, one of them was on stream crying. I dedicated, devoted to building this thing here on Mixer, and I do not want to go. A lot of people not super into the Facebook brand right now, wanting to move over to Facebook gaming, and for a number of different reasons, and understandably so. Apparently, Facebook was offering the average streamer on there $2,500 to just flip over to Facebook gaming. It doesn't seem to have done the trick. That's like a one-time fee? One-time deal. $2,500 to come over to Facebook gaming. I don't understand what Mixer is as Facebook gaming if none of the streamers go. Mm -hmm. Particularly the bigger ones. If they could have landed Ninja... Maybe they're still in negotiations. I don't really know. It's a lot of rumors at the moment. Then maybe you have a pitch to people to come over there. But if you don't get any of this talent, what do you really have? Besides maybe some integration into the next generation Xbox. Mm -hmm. There's not much incentive for people to come over there and watch streaming there. So it looks like what's going to happen in this Mixer shutdown. By the way, this is all developing. It's all really new. But it looks like what's going to happen is the vast majority of people will just go back to Twitch. It looks like what might even happen is guys like Ninja will get a buyout and just go back to Twitch like nothing even happened. Right. Which uh, it really throws you for a loop mentally as far as trying to do the math on what took place. Yeah. What did he get? What he, so let's say he does get the 20, 30 million, goes back to Twitch like nothing ever happened. And gets the old audience back, presumably. Yeah. It's just like a write-off <laughs> for that one year. Microsoft, Facebook, what do they split it? I, I presume Microsoft would have to be the one to pay it out because they had the original deal. But then it would be contingent on whatever they got out of Facebook in the exchange. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure what the audience thinks about it. The audience here on YouTube. In the past, just you talk about watching content on Facebook. Not that many people are into it. In this, this makes sense. We're here on YouTube. But obviously, people watch content on Facebook. Videos get views on Facebook. Can streaming happen on Facebook? Now, of course, we can go one layer deeper. And that's where things get a little bit more sensitive. Mm. Because prior to this thing happening, in the, in the full shutdown mode, it's now Facebook gaming. There was a bit of a controversy taking place that originated on Twitter. Former employee of Mixer made some claims that there may have been some uh, terms used internally, offensive terms used internally, indicative of uh, discrimination. And so that post goes out, and all of a sudden... We end up with uh, this shutdown in a short period of time, less than 24 hours after that post starts to pick up traction. And people start to say, hey, Microsoft, you better do something about this. And even a couple of streamers went online and their tweets suggested that they weren't going to stream until this was rec rectified. I don't know how you would have rectified, rectified it 
the claims were made against an executive at Mixer who had made these statements, Mm. these perceived derogatory statements. And they weren't just derogatory statements that could have been perceived as racial discrimination, but they were also derogatory statements in the sense that she was referencing the... uh, the partners that they had in a kind of negative way, in a weird way, in a way that I would never, maybe you should just open up the statement. Uh, oh, here it is. Mixer was facing calls to investigate claims that a Mixer manager referred to partners as slaves. Like, I don't even care. Even if you take out the uh, sensitivity around that term, if Ninja reads that, what's he going to, why are you, mm-hmm. What? And so I'm sitting there thinking to myself, they go and read this stuff. For sure they see this tweet because you're going to be following Mixer News if you're the biggest streamer on on Mixer. And you're going to think to yourself, oh, I don't really want to be a part of that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I don't know. It's all at this moment in time. It's all, uh, what is it, alleged. Who knows what's going to take place, but... What a crazy turn of events. You get this tweet, you get these allegations, and then you shut down the entire thing. Facebook gaming. Mixer was nothing. And I told you this when we first got in here. They bust out this news, and it immediately buries the other news, which would have tied this very sensitive thing to Microsoft the brand. Yeah. It might not just be convenient timing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I can't really say any more than that. You can look into it yourself if you want to read the uh, original claims against this particular uh, manager at Mixer. There's a, it's one of these extended tweets. Regardless of where you land on a, your own level of sensitivity, it's a bad, it's bad wording if it did take place, if that was the wording. Regardless. And Microsoft now gets to exit that conversation about that employee and, and that manager and whoever managed that manager, they get to exit it completely now. Mm-hmm. And Facebook gets to say, well, it wasn't our problem because we yeah. weren't there at the time. This was in the past. Yeah, that wasn't we us. Do that. That yeah. wasn't Facebook. And Microsoft gets to say, well, we, we got rid of the whole thing. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy turn of events. Now, I'm interested to see how it shakes out for the average Mixer streamer. I got to be honest, I didn't watch Mixer. And it brings me to one more thing about this topic, about how it's difficult, I think, for a person who's in the social media sphere to accept the fact that fewer people, fewer eyeballs are on them, even in exchange for money. Which is why I think Facebook has has an uphill battle in trying to convince the top profile talent here to come over there, even if they're using money. Even if they say, here's $60 million. The difference between 30 and 60 when you're, if you're giving up the potential to reach the biggest audience, your biggest fans that are interested in you, whatever the Twitch homepage, mm-hmm. it turns out the the incentive structure that exists for your top talent in the social media realm, the incentive structure has to have a piece where you can actually deliver an audience. Mm-hmm. Even you pay them a hundred million dollars, but if nobody shows up to watch. How long can you do that for? Yeah. It's 17 people there. 100 million in the bank. Now, I know people think I'm crazy right now. You have people watching say, I'll take 100 million for nobody to ever look at me again. That's fair. 
I get that. But I'm talking specifically about the difference between 30 and 100 or 30 and 60 or 20 and 40. These crazy figures. If you can get the lower number and be autonomous and go where your people are and go where people want to see you, that's a more, much more difficult thing on the psyche because you got to remember. And I know I've gone long on this. I got, another, I got more topics. I know I've gone long on this. The psyche here, when for so long you've worked on these concurrent viewer numbers, for so long you've worked on reaching as many people as you can. And yes, you counted the money after the fact, but you got tuned up and tuned in to that, those performance metrics. I can speak from experience here. And then to see that dip in any way because of your decisions and because you cashed out in a way, there's got to be some sort of an impact that takes place. Because you got to remember, uh, at least in Ninja's case, he goes from Twitch to Mixer originally for the rumored 30 million to a, to a seemingly unknown platform. Let's say even if Facebook gaming, even if we can compare it to Mixer, though it probably has the potential for an audience even bigger than Mixer because it's on Facebook. But even if we do a one-to-one, -one, why don't you accept the doubling of that offer if you liked the original idea? Do you see what I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. I'm taking you on a trip here, but... What I'm trying, trying to get at is if you were going to sub out being on the biggest platform for your style of content, which was Twitch, if you were going to sub that out for a payday, which is reasonable, I'm cool with it. Why don't you double down on it? Why don't you sub it out the next time around? And maybe he will, because I don't think anything's official at this moment. But if you don't double down on it, then what you're saying is you undervalued the audience and overvalued the money. Mm-hmm. What you're saying if you change your decision at that moment. Granted, I should say, Will, when I say overvalue the money, I don't mean money in general. I mean that exact money. Because the truth is, by going back to the big eyeballs, the big set of, the big group of eyeballs, you unlock other ways to get the money anyways. Right. For maybe like a longer term. In different ways. Stream. In different ways. And there's got to be a fear as well that when you go to these new trial platforms, that your ability to unlock money in the future is also potentially affected. And people are still saying, Lou, 30 million, I'm good. What you mean unlock more money later? But I'm saying it's kind of the game of life. You wonder why an athlete wants to negotiate for 120 million instead of 117. It's the game of life. It's not necessarily a certain point, it's diminishing returns. We all understand that. Mm -hmm. Life doesn't improve that much after certain point but mm -hmm. it's the game of life is the whole thing ticks on that premise so anyway very interesting development apologize for you know yeah but it's interesting to me i gotta say man it's interesting to me all right next up one plus news we talked about the uh one plus nord situation nord. now it's looking to me that maybe they took our advice on the nord naming i don't know hmm. because now they uh, opened a OnePlus themselves opened a social media account. Uh, what was it? I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, an Instagram page with the title OnePlus Light Z Thing. OnePlus Light Z Thing, and they're hinting at this new lineup, this new line of smartphones. Now maybe they're goofing on us, and they're still going to use the Nord name once we finally get there. The color appears to be different. We have Pete. Lao posting, uh, what is that, turquoise, po uh, teal, 
Who knows the difference between turquoise and teal? <laughs> you know? Who who actually can point at the difference? If you can, that is some talent. Anyway, Pete Lau goes on Twitter. He says, who's ready for something new from OnePlus? Hashtag new beginnings. And they're all posting new beginnings. Pete's posting new beginnings. Uh, Carl is posting new beginnings. I think somebody else was in the original post. There's three guys saying that. Probably three founders of OnePlus. I don't know if I know the third guy. Anyway, so they call it OnePlus, OnePlus Z, uh, OnePlus Light Z thing, which uh, seems to me to imply, oh, there's a couple of posts there as well, but it seems to me to imply that maybe they go with one of those names, but they could also just go with Nord. The, the main thing, the important thing here is they have basically confirmed they're going to go back to their roots and create this budget smartphone that people want. Now, granted, this article on Tom's Guide seems to dispute the crazy low price tag that others had suggested as low as $300. Instead, the suggestion here is between $499 and $649 for this upcoming device to put it up against, to pit it against the uh, iPhone SEs of the world, hmm. the uh, Google Pixel 4a or whatever, if Google ever gets around to it, whatever the A series of devices from Google Pixel and, and other mid-range devices in the world. So that's the good news. We got the but with a little bit of a confirmation there will be a budget OnePlus. The bad news, they go on to say that it's going to launch in Europe and India first before ever coming to North America. Hmm. So the North American fans are going to be upset about that. They're lacking options here. Though, obviously, North America uh, more inclined towards the flagship the flagship price point as well. Uh, I mean, I don't have the data in front of me here, but the whole carrier makeup and way in which people consume devices a bit different with the subsidies and, and all the rest of it as opposed to places like India, where it's more typically purchased outright, and they're more, therefore the cost sensitivity plays a bigger role for obvious reasons. Different markets, different price points. But I, I actually think that's changing even here in North America with cost sensitivity. And I think it makes sense because the value proposition, the major value proposition is, is no longer at the flagship level. It's We have this really robust mid-range happening, so I would hope to see this thing come to North America as well sooner than later. At that $500 price point, that would be amazing. Rumored specs, just to recap, they may give up the AMOLED display on their other models to get that price point down going with LCD. Uh, the, a lot of the competitors at that price point also going with LCD, so that wouldn't be that different at the $500 price point. Uh, Snapdragon 70, 765G, which we men mentioned previously, mid-range processor makes a lot of sense. 5G support, lots of RAM at that price point. 12 gigs of RAM is the rumor. 48 megapixel sensor, couple of other cameras. Maybe even the four camera array, which we talked about on the previous clip with the uh, fancy Twitter leak that had the, uh, the number of O's on there and the big N to indicate the Nord thing. So... Uh, yeah, whatever they end up calling it, it's happening. It's very exciting. OnePlus fans are going to rejoice. It doesn't change the fact to me that I don't really need another smartphone brand, but I get it. All the other manufacturers have some version of this, right? Uh, wait, Samsung doesn't have a sub-brand, do they? 
Samsung, Apple, Google, no sub-brands. But Oppo, sub-brand. Huawei, sub-brand. Xiaomi, sub-brand. I saw these comments when I was talking about the OnePlus. They say, what's the difference? We have Redmi and Realme and we got the whole thing. We got everything going on elsewhere. So, of course, OnePlus should do the same thing. But Hmm. when we're talking about OnePlus, now you're talking about sub-brands inside of sub-brands. Although they denied the the BB, uh, BBK thing, mm. you still have Oppo, OnePlus, Nord. It's a whole hierarchy happening here. It's a whole cascading uh, number of brands within brands. It's a whole family. Brand family. Branches. I hope they keep the OnePlus piece in there and don't try to act like it's a whole thing. It looks like they will at least keep the OnePlus piece in there. Uh, ideally, for me, they go with light. I think a OnePlus 8 light sounds cool. I don't mind using that. I'm happy about it. I don't need a whole different brand. That's just me. Mm-hmm. That's what I vote for. Or OnePlus Z sounds super cool, but it may cannibalize the flagship stuff because I could have a OnePlus 8 or a OnePlus Z. I'm taking Z all day. Mm. You see how that goes, Will? Yeah, that's a cool letter. It's a cool letter. <laughs> so anyway, maybe that's the reason they can't go with Z because it's too cool for school. Uh, Elon Musk. You ever heard of him, Will? Yeah, great guy. Yeah, Elon Musk. He Well, you don't know if he's a great guy or not. You never met him. Um, I just saw him holding his baby on Twitter. Okay, great. It guy. was amazing. Holding a baby instantly. Great oh, guy. Yeah. As far as Will's concerned. Well, it's definitely points. You're winning some points sure. there. Uh, yeah, I have no reason to b- believe he's not, I'm, for the record. But he, we have some news here regarding what's going on with Starlink, which we've covered here on the show in the past. Apparently, it's becoming available. They're looking for some testers. Maybe it's you, Will. I don't know. Maybe it's someone else. They're looking for testers in the Northern Hemisphere. Apparently, actually, they're targeting a couple of cities, different cities for this uh, test, for this launch. Seattle is one... Uh, and was it Berlin? I think it was somewhere in Germany. Seattle and Germany are thought to be in the running for the first batch of trials. You can go and sign up. You can provide your zip code. For whatever reason, apparently the coverage is going to start in the Northern Hemisphere before making its way down closer to the equator. Of course, plenty of the world's population will living close to that equator, I'll tell you what. Hmm. Don't know if you knew that. No. The whole goal here is to bring wireless connectivity to more people in the world, to make it more accessible to people who have limited access. However, uh, there's some facts in here, some some points in here that seem interesting to me, and I had have no trouble getting internet access where I'm located. He says the satellite-based platform could bring speeds of one gigabit per second, will he do? Mm. At a latency of 30 milliseconds, will he do? Couple uh, 4K vids? Yeah, a couple of 4K vids or for the gaming type. Are we talking about online gaming through a satellite, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. It's all very exciting. Uh, According to Musk, you could uh, deliver a competitive level. How about that to show off and showcase your platform, Will, a competitive game, gaming tournament taking place solely on your satellites. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? That's a free one. Mm-hmm. Elon, I just want an invite. 
if we're ever able to hold or host these types of events in real life ever again, I'll come sit front row. Uh, the average broadband speed in the UK, this is coming from a website, Decrypt, I guess they're based in the UK, is 64 megabits per second. So, yeah, people have slow connections. If he can deliver this thing, it's going to be popular everywhere, not, not just in places that don't have robust connectivity for the time being. However, there is one downside listed in this particular article. Those that like to stare at the stars might be upset at Starlink. How perfect is that? Oh, why is that? Uh, these things, they create trails across the sky, and they could obstruct your view of the uh, constellations and uh, various other stars you might want to gaze at. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been looking at the stars recently, man. I love it. Mm. Almost every night, I'm just looking at the stars. Mm. And uh, on, on a... You, uh, more perspective? On a good night, on a good night, it, the, the sky is lit up. Now, uh, this is where we're located here. There's not tremendous amount of light pollution. So, works out. Some nights you get less, some nights you get more, but I'm just, I'm looking at the Big Dipper. Remember we talked about the Big Dipper before? Yes. I had an issue with the name and then I came around to it finally. Well, I've been staring at that Dipper and uh, getting perspective, as you said. So, I understand where these people are coming from. These people are more serious than me. They got the telescopes and all the rest of it. But uh, apparently, they're going to be able to fit these satellites with some type of sunshade, which should help solve the problem a little bit. Imagine that, sunglasses on your Starlink satellite, mm. bringing you one gigabit per second competitive gaming. Does that sound like the future or what, Will? Yeah, the satellites are rocking with style. Yeah. Ray-Bans. I thought you might like that. Yeah. So anyway, Starlink, uh, making progress. Go sign up. The uh, coverage is set to begin soon with most of the world covered by 2021. What a time to be alive. Oh, okay, the trial will start this summer. So very soon, man. Get your name in there. See what you... Uh, get your name in there, Willie Do. Why not? You can report back to us and uh, what kind of speeds you're getting and all the rest of mm -hmm. it. Reach out to Elon. Maybe he'll hook us up. Uh, I got one more story here. South Koreans can now store their driving license on their smartphone. Now, immediately, there's two reactions. Two people out there. One saying, great, now everything's in one place. I'm dead. They're tracking me. I'm done. There's that guy. And then there's also, thank God, I can put, I don't need my wallet when I walk in the store. Or I got to buy something that's age-gated, real-life age-gated. Uh, or, uh, I don't know, get into a bar or wherever you might use this thing. Who goes to a bar? You can't do any of this right now in real life. But soon, hopefully. But it's, it's a thing I've been thinking about. We started to pay for things on our phones, and then it's, yeah, okay, your ID could, could should be on your phone as well. Some keys are on the phone. Yeah, we Some talked about it yesterday. Your key to your car is on your phone. Put it all in one place, your one universal place. I understand. If you lose your phone, you're over. You cease to exist. You're done. Yeah. But I think you're, I mean, you're still going to have a physical version of this, especially for the time being, for these users. But, you know, once you stop using it, you're not going to carry it around. You're going to misplace it and, and all the rest of it. But this just seems inevitable to me. It's, it doesn't even seem worth arguing. We're, right. What are we? We're carrying things around? It feels antiquated. Mm -hmm. uh, I still have cash. I have a little bit of cash here and there. Mm -hmm. But it's becoming less and less. And now with people being trapped at home for as long as they have and going out less and less, it's only going to expedite the process here of 
the digital adoption of absolutely everything. Now, what's interesting is this is coming through the telcos. SK Telecom, KT, and LG U Plus have teamed up with an authentication company named Aton to integrate digital driver's licenses into a pass app. Now, this app is, uh, I think, also going to, going to have a mobile payment component to it. And what's cool as well is there's a blockchain piece to this digital a personal authentication. It's going to be leaning on blockchain hmm. to uh, for further security purposes. Uh, from July this year, the digital driver's license will be used for reissuing and renewing licenses. And in time, it will become the norm. In the meantime, however, users can opt in by registering their details on the app, which will then form the digital license showing the user's photo, a QR code, and a barcode. Security features include screen capture prevention tech, a constantly moving animation layer, and code resets. So forget about your fake IDs. Well, when you're a kid, you remember the, the fake ID days? We you, you, you want to get into a bar, but you're not the right age? Mm -hmm. Or are you claiming you never did that? No. You're just an upstanding citizen. Anyway, forget about that. Now you have all these extra security features. Users will only be able to use one smartphone when registering for the service, and the blockchain tech will help to pr protect your sensitive data. Now, a lot of people have been ask, asking for a long time, how is blockchain tech going to start to show up in our daily lives outside of of course, the, the famous application inside of Bitcoin. Well, I heard about it in the past. I met a guy once, talked in an airport about how they could use it for various types of authentication. He was talking about authentication for physical real world goods, like fake handbags and things like this, which sounded really interesting to me. You could, you could have this, uh, you could have blo a blockchain authenticate uh, Louis Vuitton. Uh, those things are expensive. I don't know if you knew that. Mm -hmm. You put the letters on the bag in the brown leather and you put the letters on there, $10,000. Mm. Which is fine with me. I mean, everybody, what are you doing out here? The world is weird anyways. Mm. So you want to have those letters on your bag or whatever. That's cool with me. I'm fine with it. I probably wouldn't have one myself. No? No. I can't, I can't what am I, I'm rolling around the luggage with the leather? It doesn't seem practical. What about a wallet? Those wallets are nice. The wallet with all the letters on it? Well, there's a nice pattern to it. With, with all the letters, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm more simple than that usually. Right. You know, you've seen what I'm doing here. I, I mean, I guess I had the shoes recently that had a kind of pattern on it. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't well, be doing okay. that. Because, I mean, you know, at this point, Will, it's the whole connotation of the thing as well. Like, what am I trying to prove to, to you? I don't know. What what to me? Yeah, like or, 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 well, you're gonna pull it out. I mean, the idea you're gonna pull it out, right? I think it's functional. I mean, you can send it back. Yeah, but will how repair. much is how much is that wallet right there? Tell Probably the truth like right now. How tell the truth to four, me? Four hundred. Oh, the fact that you know that off the top without I clicking think, the link goes I to think. show me that you're in the market. And now I'm well, very, my buddy has it. Now I'm now I'm very Gosh. upset. I hate to break it to you. You're in the market. You already have one. There's one of these in your pocket right now, what? actually. Oh. There might be. Look, I don't care, man. Whatever. Do your thing. Sneakers cost too much money. Phones cost too much money. Wallets cost too much money. I, I don't really care to that degree. But for me, I would go simpler. I mean, if it was plain black or plain brown, I might be into it. And by the way, the pattern I was talking about, I wasn't talking about the checker thing. I was talking that one. I can't be doing that. Yeah, that's... 
very uh, busy. What are they? Uh, those flowers? Those little things? I don't. There's a lot going on there, so I'm 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 not gonna do that one myself. So, uh, anyways, so now we're seeing blockchain show up in a new way uh, with the new ID. I know people. Some people are gonna uh, resist this type of tech. They're getting tracked. Everyone. Uh, uh, they know everything about you, and now they know. Now they got your ID. It just seems inevitable, so I'm going to stop arguing about it. We're all, it's all digital. We all log in. It's all in one place. You'll have a complete digital profile, have your blood type, have your entire history, everything you've ever done in your life. It's all happening. You'll never get away from it. You better start watching what you're doing right now. That's my advice because they're coming for you, and I've seen it happen, and I've been on social. Anything you do, you better, you better tighten up. You better... Uh, yeah. Cross the T's, dot the I's, as they say. You better tighten up. Yeah, they're on you. Because you're going to live with it. You better tighten up. 